Filmsomniacs. My name is June, and this is the podcast where two film lovers talk about the weird and the wonderful, the pointless and the popular, and, and the, the iconic. iconic. <laughs> My name is Wes, and today we're very excited to talk about a very special movie, The Mark of Zorro from 1940. And we're joined here with our wonderful guest, Zoe from the Backlook Cinema Podcast. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Zoe. And welcome to the show. Absolutely. Thank you. Welcome. I appreciate that. I'm excited to be on here. I, actually, I'm excited to be anywhere. So <laughs> my my podcast, it's the Backlick Cinema Podcast, and we talk about the movies of yesteryear, you know, the movies from the latter half of the last millennium, the, the movies from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, uh, that that area, that, that area. And then, you know, sometimes I, I skid up to like maybe 2000, but... These are these are movies that like when I was growing up, I have that feel of nostalgia when I go back to those movies. So you can find me at like backlickcinema.com. Uh, I got uh, all all of the podcast episodes are there. At, at least they are for now. I don't know how the internet works. They're, they'll be there. <laughs> Same. I, I know. I know that there's like a what do you call it? Uh, uh, a certain number of episodes before that, you know, the internet companies won't allow you to put up there, but I think oh, they yeah. go into the, I think they go into the hundreds of episodes and I'm nice. far less than that. I'm like at 150 or something, somewhere around there. Yeah. So, so you're good for now. Nice. Uh, also, yeah, uh, I, you know, I got a merch store and stuff like that. I, I got a Felix the Cat shirt. I got a newsletter that I'm, nice. I'm putting out. So cool. if anyone wants to join a newsletter, they can just go to backlickcinema.com and they can sign up for the loose netter and they'll get a chance to win the Felix the Cat shirt. So Hell yeah. nice. Check out oh, Felix. Yeah. I'll definitely go sign up for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I know and you're people... on Spotify. Um, are you on all the other hosting services yes. as well? Yeah. Cool. The, the Backlick Cinema, the podcast is available everywhere you listen to podcasts, except for uh, Stitcher because it's about to go it's gone defunct or it's about to go defunct it's on its last legs they they closed up shop and google podcasts is is about to close up shop and they're supposed to be transitioning to youtube music uh, or you know it's it's getting weird (laughs) it's like (laughs) it's like google podcast is working fine what are you guys doing but uh and so that's what we got to deal with but yeah any anywhere all all of the uh the the minutia of podcast apps out there that's where you can find the show and um corporate mergers you gotta love it (laughs) right Uh, right right yeah many episodes of the backlog cinema podcast and it's a lot of fun lots of cool guests i highly recommend it absolutely it's truly an honor to have you here my friend thank you thanks i appreciate that and uh and of course uh film gunch on tiktok you can find me there and uh, West Brasso Films on TikTok. You can find us there. Um, and we also post our stuff on YouTube. So check it out on YouTube. And if you're checking us out on YouTube, check it out on all the other ones, except for Stitcher. And- <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, one more thing. Uh, you can, as far as social media is concerned, I recently learned that I should have all of my social media under one name 
so that it's easy to find me. So recently, all of my social media has been changed to at Backlick Cinema. So whether you're on Facebook, uh, you're on a Mastodon instant, you're on uh, threads, or Instagram, or wherever that you can find me at Backlick Cinema. Hell yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And today, what are we talking about, Wes? Today we're talking about The Mark of Zorro, which was uh, a, a 1940 film. So it fits um, with our Freaky 40s theme. Absolutely. And uh, it, it was directed by Ruben Mamoulian, starring Tyrone Power, Linda Darnell, and Basil Rathbone. Um, it's about Don Diego Vega, who is an aristocrat who was trained in fencing in Spain. Um, One of the best fencers, like, in the world. Yeah. I mean, Spain. like an excellent fencer and he returns home to California to find that his father who was like the alcalde, which I'm assuming is kind of like the mayor or something like that of a, of a, of an area um, is replaced by a tyrannical leader who leeches off the labor of the working class. And so he creates this alter ego of Zorro or the Fox to enact vengeance and bring power back to the common folk. Um, I found this film to be thoroughly engaging. I had an absolute blast watching this. Uh, Zoe, this was the film that you chose for us to discuss this week. Um, what made you think to choose this film and what does it mean to you? Well, I wanted to find a film that I would enjoy that was from 1940. See, the issues that I have, like growing up, when I grow up, you there are a lot of movies that played on TV all of the time from mm -hmm. the 1940s, lots of black and white TV. So when I would watch the films, because I was so young, I'd only watch bits and pieces of it. So I would never get the whole film. So... The only other film that I could think that I watched from beginning to end from that era, well, I think it's like probably 1930. It's the the Mutiny on a Bounty or some such thing. It's the one with Humphrey Bogart. Nice. So, mm. uh, you know, when I was that age, I watched that from beginning to end because they showed it in the classroom. So I had to. But when I'm at home, <laughs> I would only catch bits and pieces of it. But Zorro in particular, it's because that there were so many adaptations of Zorro. And uh, after... Like when I was growing up, there was actually a, a TV, a television series. I forgot the name of the actor, but it's the, the guy that plays Zorro in the television series is the same guy that played the main character on Lost in Space. He, he played the, the father, the father of the okay. family in the nice. old Lost in Space TV series. Right. So that um, so I always liked Zorro. Zorro's one of the earliest superheroes. He's supposed to be yeah. canonically the inspiration for Batman and uh, and I super uh, and so I, I feel like I've seen bits and pieces of the 1940s version. So this is my first watch, actually watching it from beginning to end, and I found it thoroughly enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, this is super enjoyable, absolutely. Yeah, and not everybody um, who's used to newer films, you know, with like less of an attention span, because that's kind of how films, that's kind of what films almost encourage. <laughs> right, right, right. Less of an attention span, you know, yeah. really quick editing, uh, really, really tight dialogue, lots of one-liners. So a lot of people, I feel like, uh, like 40s films and films from this era aren't as accessible, but I found this film highly accessible, very gripping. It right. holds up very well. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, it has a, a modern aesthetic to it. Uh, this film actually goes pretty fast. It's a it's a short yeah. film. There's lots of action. It's a, it's a swashbuckling film. Uh, yeah. Swashbuckling film, and I think a lot of swashbuckling films from that from that era they they tend to ha tended to have a quick pace. 
I think like in the seventies, they, they really slowed it down because <laughs> it's like, yeah. and if it wasn't in the 1940s and thirties, if it wasn't like high drama, then it was high action as much as they could do. But mm -hmm. then like in a, in the 1970s, you got films like, like, uh, what's it called? I'm trying to think of it. Um, 2001 a space odyssey which is <laughs> yeah one of the slowest films i've ever watched and it's, uh, it's is, great though Not yeah this isn't great this is yeah, a 2001 a space odyssey a poster right here oh, that's awesome. like un that's unpopular rich. unpopular opinion i absolutely hate that film oh. But <laughs> oh my God. i think that's wes's favorite film of all time it is it's my favorite i'm film so of sorry all time. wes I'm so sorry, that's but... okay i totally understand it is that's very okay. slow <laughs> It's right, uh, yeah, it's, right. not, it's not for everyone. Yeah, for I, sure. I wonder, right. and, and I mean, I don't know if you would consider uh, Kubrick to be among the film brats. Definitely, kind of along those lines of aesthetic. You mean like Brian De Palma and and yeah. Steven Spielberg and and uh, Coppola? Yeah. And them. yeah, I think he is part of the that crew of people. So I wonder if that has something to do with it, where Hollywood almost kind of became invaded by um, artists who were more the interested movement. in like cinematography, right? Right. Well, yeah. Very specific artists... visions, not caring as much about what uh, what the audience would think. Which I think more so in older movies, it was a lot more about trying to get people into the theater, and then kind of in the era of like the film brats, it was more of a I'm just going to make this movie and it's my own vision and people will love it. <laughs> no, I, I think that they did care. I think that they cared uh, that people enjoyed their vision. It's, but I think they're also more experimental with it. Like, mm -hmm. I think at the time that 2001 came out, people enjoyed like a slower movie. And this is like one of the earliest films that took space seriously. So it was more than just showing having an adventure in space it was also about showing what life would be like if we could actually go into space so yeah they, the they slowness have a, of space right, right. travel yeah did right. you ever it, see a movie called the black hole yeah i saw that one <laughs> 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 just recently too just oh what's what's and what's in what's, what's the word adorable i would choose the word adorable <laughs> what's adorable about the black hole is that they had like i forgot what it's called but it's like a fanfare at the beginning of the movie so before the movie start it's like the screen is totally black and then they're just playing this music and oh, that's the overture the, yeah. yeah the overture yeah. that's what it's called <laughs> they played this oh and it's like yeah we're definitely not doing that in movies anymore and it's so rare but yeah. this yeah. was definitely they intended it to be the one of the most important movies you saw in your life <laughs> yeah. yeah they took a lot of notes from uh space odyssey going with yeah. that like whole experimental part right. at the end and just right, like right. Yeah, yeah, yeah taking all sorts of risks that's right, and right. I, I don't know if it paid off as far as like audience favorability, but I still no, no, it did not pay off. Did you know there was a comic book attached to it? No, no. yes, an yes, adaptation of the film. Yeah, and wow. it was made at about the same time that the film was being filmed because the comic book process is much slower. So because they didn't have, they didn't know exactly how the film was going to end. So there, I mean, this, there are slight differences throughout, but the most. uh blatant differences are at the end because they had no idea how it was going to end so they it's very uh it's a very different ending i think in the comic they act they're actually blatantly in hell <laughs> and oh ending. dang wow. yeah like yeah for, so, they just went full bore right 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 right, right. <laughs> it's like this is where we're at fellas <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> but uh, I didn't read the comic. I was just reading up on it when I watched uh, the Black Hole. Yeah, I mean that's interesting that they had the the comic adaptation of it too because today we're talking about uh, a movie that has a billion different adaptations too. It has the pulp novels it came from, the comic book adaptations, the TV series. Like this is a a, and and Batman, a truly legendary character, like an an iconic character. You know, right, right, yeah. Well, were there any scenes that really stood out to you though? Um. I love the well. Obviously, it's the sword fight at the end where oh, yes. Don Diego, the famous when he's, duel, right when he's fighting the general, like right at the end. Um, what's remarkable is that, like the way that kind of that scene came about, he kind of like dropped his disguise, and mm-hmm. like his because he was Don Diego, and uh, he was like, "Well, look, I'm just gonna fight." Like, cause it's like the entire movie he's like no i can't fight i don't know how to fight i don't know what a sword is i don't know what do you do with this i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> and, then, so and, like, and then uh at the end of the fight it's like you know what I- i'll fight you I- i'll fight you and then he's like it's one of the best fights that this captain has ever had yeah, yeah. <laughs> well throughout the such... whole movie he's just like breaking him down like basil rathbone's character captain uh what is it valaquez or valsquez like he's just such an asshole the whole movie swinging his sword around right like, right right oh right. what do you think of a sword and he's like right him on the side and <laughs> he's pointing his sword at at the alcalde the evil alcalde right which, right right i did look that up by the way it's uh spanish for mayor or mayor. yeah so i was yeah. right it's a mayor yeah. Yeah, so okay. you were right. yeah, yeah, yeah. You, got... yeah. you know what's funny when when uh, I was first watching the film and I took a little bit of Spanish, but I never heard that word. So when he said alcalde, I I was thinking that that was the dude's name the entire yeah. time, like in yeah. the very beginning. Same. And then he's me like, too. and then it took me a minute to realize, oh, alcalde is a title. It's yeah. not. It's not the man's name. I went through the same thought process. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And and then when you watch it with the understanding that it's a title, then you understand. Diego's confusion, like when he's on the boat, he's like, yeah, uh, Alcalde has made things terrible. And he's like, what are you talking about? He's, he's a great man. He's like, what do you know about him? It's like, he's my father. Yeah. He's like, well, sorry, but he's a horrible man. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, damn, that was an awkward moment. Shoot. Right, right, right. It, it was awkward. That was great... like, I'm a... They've played with that, you know, though. They, I think they really like meant to play with that because it was almost a reveal when you find out that it's Don Luis and not his father. Yeah. Right, right. Also, what I really liked is that there is a scene in the very beginning, I think when he's talking to the captain, where he changes his character as Don Diego. It's like Don Diego is reminiscent of Batman because uh, Batman is the person that he is and Bruce Wayne is the character that he plays for mm-hmm. regular people. So you can see that switch in this movie that I think it's when he's talking to either the captain or he's talking to Alcalde. So he's talking and then he kind of switches. No, it's when he's talking to the captain and the captain is like, yeah, I got a sword and the sword is totally awesome. And and <laughs> and that's when Diego's like, well, I don't, I don't mess with swords. You can see when he takes out his cloth and he starts wiping his mouth yes. with the cloth. That, that's when he switches. Uh, yeah. It's like, oh, I'm going to have to play. It's like he, he's made up his mind that there's something foul going afoot and he's, it's a mystery that needs to be solved and he's going to solve this mystery. And so he switched from... Uh, Don Diego, like you mentioned, Wes, that he was uh, uh, training to be a fencer. He was actually training to be an officer in the military. <laughs> he was because they talked about him having a commission. Yeah. So th- he's a military soldier, and he comes home, and it's like so. You see him switch from a soldier to uh, a pacifist, almost, yeah. or yeah. A, a, 
what's the word that they might use in the forties? Like uh, a fop. No, that's not the word I'm looking for. Uh, a fop. A dandy. Yeah. Dandy. Yeah. Yeah. Or a, a puppy, as they keep calling it. Yeah, him. yeah, yeah. My boy too. is a, the boy I helped raise is a puppy. Yeah. Right, right, right. Uh, his father's disgusted. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was oh so God. good. I that was it. like, that was a great transformation. Almost the super the Superman to Clark Kent kind of transformation. Yeah, right, right. And, and that is totally something that you see in a lot of Batman films. But for me, that always never kind of made sense. Like the transformation from a badass to sort of a playboy, rich boy. Right, dandy. Well, that's just to throw would. people off. You can't yeah. act like a badass as a uh, a superhero and then continue right. to act like a badass in your regular life. It's like right. people are going to figure it out. Right. So people it's like the right. only thing you got to cover up is your mask, and people can figure out masks. It's not a. It wouldn't be hard to figure out. So if if you're acting all dark and mysterious in one persona, and then when you take off the mask, you have to act completely different. And in Bruce Wayne's and Zorro's case, they or Diego's case, they decided to act like dandies or yeah. playboys in yeah. order to throw people off. <laughs> I mean, he does the part so well playing the the little playboy. I I loved everything he did. Like there was one part at the where he's meeting with uh, with them for dinner to to be betrothed to the daughter, uh, or sorry, the niece of of Don uh, Don Luis. Uh, and uh, he's like, "So will you marry her?" And he like sniffs something into his nose and like, yeah. <laughs> like he just yeah. hit like blow or something. And he's like, "Yeah, sure." Yeah, the, yeah. the snuff when he sneezes. Yeah, it was yeah. so funny. Oh my goodness, it was just so perfect. He did. He did really, really good at at um at playing the the dandy. Yeah, yeah, and the monocle. Yeah, the monocles. Yeah, when he so, took out the monocles, I almost lost it. <laughs> too, too good. <laughs> but yeah, I also I also had the the fencing scene between Diego and Esteban towards the end as one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. I thought the the choreography was just incredible. They it was so precise and so quick. Like uh like you you don't see them stopping to think what the next move is, not even once. Like they're just like at it right away. And uh, I just thought it was incredible. Uh, I really, really was worried that somebody was going to get like a finger sliced or like stabbed. <laughs> and, and that just made the moment when he actually does run Esteban through, when he runs the captain through, that just made it all the more shocking because of how right. into the scene I was. I was just like, oh, damn, he really just stabbed the man. Right. And, uh, oh, wow. It's just like what a what a crazy intense scene. I thought that was so well done. Yeah. Here's and a, you can see how fun quick fact. everybody is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, but, and then here's a fun fact that goes off of that, Zoe. Uh, Basil Rathbone, who played Captain, and it's Pasquale, Captain Pasquale. I got that wrong <laughs> earlier. Uh, Basil Rathbone is an actual world class fencer in real life. So he did all of his stunts for that scene. Wow. They had wow. a double for Tyrone Power, who played Zorro, mostly during like the really intense scenes when right. Tyrone Power's character had his back to the camera. But right, all right, that sword right. felt uh, all that sword play was actually Basil Rathbone, which is yeah. that's Incredible. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, and they and did really good with the yeah. doubles too. Because I never, I was even looking for doubles. I was oh, watching yeah. their faces the entire time. Never caught it once that they switched them out. So they yeah. did really well. And sometimes yeah. they think they can get away with that in the olden days because the resolution. Yeah. Well, they, yeah, I was about to say because they could. Right. I, I was, yeah, right. I, they could. I just realized, like, right. in, I had recently watched. Uh, <laughs> The space seed is the Star Trek episode that nice. introduced Ricardo Montalban's character of Khan. So in that 
like when I originally watched it, obviously all I'm seeing is Khan and Captain Kirk fighting in the engine room. But then when you watch it in high definition, you can clearly see when they switched out their stunt doubles. Like you can clearly see <laughs> oh, their yeah. faces and everything, their expressions, like their wigs. Everything is clear, crystal clear. It's like there's no hiding this. It's like that's not. I'm taken out of the story now. That's not Captain Kirk. That's some other dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that just makes it even all the more impressive that in 1940 they managed to switch out doubles and, and right I didn't, yeah. I didn't notice you know maybe yeah, well uh, on future watches but i didn't this time for sure for some of the really fast scenes in that whole sword play battle they actually lowered the frame rate wow so oh, they wow. slowed that's it down cool. that's yeah. cool that is really cool which i mean that that makes sense why it it just looks so enthralling yeah, because right. you really get a sense of every tiny little movement. I mean, yeah, that's the that is the iconic moment from this yeah. film, without a doubt. Like one of the best sword play scenes I've seen. Just every time the sounds hit e- the the swords hit each other, and the sound was so harsh and brutal. Like I was like, this is a real real fight. This is real. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it felt very real. Like it definitely was very well done. And here's the other crazy thing about that: all the sounds were added post. Wow. They did so oh, wow. good. That's some good sound design. <laughs> That's punch. really incredible. Every single sound was added in post. Because wow. I'm sure the um, Fred Cavins, who choreographed this, he was a famous early Hollywood fencer. Throughout the whole fight, he probably was saying, okay, down, up, down, one, two, five, you know, doing wow. all the little moments to train Basil and Tyrone Power. <laughs> that's incredible so yeah and yeah that, that was something that completely blew me away too all yeah the sword noises were added in post they didn't that's... use any of the original sound from that scene yeah these sword that, fights that, that are totally incredible fooled me yeah and it's like on the level of now better than now yeah i mean now it would be so close in and chopped up and it would just <laughs> yeah. be quick cuts and you wouldn't even really be able to see what was happening you would just sort of know because of yeah. how it was shot <laughs> and, and it, vfx yeah it depends yeah. i think on who's shooting it right yeah. and the style that they're going well, right. for because uh there was uh i think the born identity kind of started that with yeah. the, the close-ups and the quick cuts but it's like when people start to try to imitate that then it it doesn't look right it's like now now you just look like yeah now it looks like a mess it doesn't look good because i the editor knew what he was doing when he was when he when he was cutting up the that movie and it just looks different it was a handheld thing yeah uh, a lot mm-hmm. of that going on that you don't really see a lot of that i think uh obviously one of the reasons that john wick is such a great action movie franchise just the way that they show the action right the yeah. action and uh it's all quick it's like there aren't any like slow motion shots with this du jour nowadays yeah. in action movies <laughs> yeah <laughs> those are totally overused yeah 100 yeah, percent. it's the choreography well and then yeah. chad stalski the guy who directed that he's a stuntman yeah right 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 and that that just makes perfect sense why that movie is so great because right. they actually cared about the action or that was yeah. the primary thing it cared about was the choreography right. of the action yeah and and you definitely see that kind of care being put into this early movie too it was just also a great scene yeah i mean it was just also so cool how it slowed the plot of the movie slowed down for that moment like everything before it and everything after it was pretty quick i mean like quick for 40s you know yeah, um, right right obviously right. the yeah. shot duration is a bit different than you know we would expect from nowadays but for the 40s everything kind of moved moved along pretty quick up until that 
fight scene and then the plot kind of stops for the entire fight scene to play out and it just really really exemplified how important that moment was uh and i just thought it was a great example of excellent filmmaking uh structure wise you know script wise uh character wise and choreography on a technical level too just incredible they totally Um, play up to that moment throughout the whole movie yeah because i mean like you see you see uh um captain uh pasquale fight the friar just before um a couple scenes earlier right and you you think that's going to be a big epic yeah he's so cool uh you think that's (laughs) going to be like a uh, an epic fight scene but it ends up kind of ending very quickly because the friar's not evenly matched to to captain pasquale who is a much better swordsman than he is and he disarms him pretty quick but it was still just so exciting because you're like, oh, we're getting a fight scene, and then you know it's over really quick. But the you know you're almost not disappointed because the friar is such a badass, and he's like, I'm not going to tell you anything. You might as well kill me now. <laughs> right, so right, cool. What the friar ain't no punk. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he can't match him in a sword fight, but that dude stands up to him. That yeah, that took guts, man. Yeah, yeah, he was going to go out fighting. Yeah, oh, I yeah. love that. Because even so though weird. that captain was an asshole, he was still a scary dude. Yeah. I mean, oh, he's yeah. Very, yeah. very clearly unhinged. It's very commanding very presence. Since you meet him. Yeah. Yeah. The way he was, uh, like waving his sword around, it was like he's that yeah, type of person. Everywhere. Because yeah. like when you think about him, like he's waving his sword around, he's tapping people with it. He's kind of he kind of reminds you of the type of character. Like if this was uh, a story with guns in it, he's that dude that's always has his gun out and pointing it at people. Yeah. He's that. Yeah. He's yeah. that dude. He's like, like, don't the, put your like gun at Cyrus, me, bro. Like Cyrus from Trailer Park Boys. Like, I'll shoot you. Don't worry. I'll shoot you. It's safety always off. Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, not, that's yeah. the vibe. Yeah. 100%. Ah, yeah. oh, God. So, so good. Yeah. Great action. Great, great action. I also I have to talk about the part where he is after he threatens Diego. Uh, sorry. After he threatens Don Luis. And leaves the mark on his wall in his office and then sneaks out and the entire grounds are out searching for him. Uh, and he's hiding as a, he's wearing the priest robed in the chapel where where Lolita is praying. Uh, Lolita's the niece of Don Luis. And uh, he's disguised as a priest and she's praying on whether or not she should it, it become a nun. Basically. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. And he's all... He's, <laughs> It's so no, funny. don't become a nun. I mean, you're too uh, pretty. Yeah, you should. The convent will be lost for you. And right, he's, right. He's he disguised as a priest, priest and he's yeah, he's sitting there like flirting with her and raising her up, dressed as a priest. And she's like, "You don't talk like most priests do, you." And uh, and then when uh, when people come in, they're like, "We're searching for the masked man Zorro. He's he's on the ground somewhere. Be careful." Uh, oh, and will you lock up Friar as we leave? <laughs> and at that moment, Lolita's like, "Oh, this is not the priest. This well, is not the Friar." That just... was that was directly after she saw, she noticed he was hiding a sword in his. Right, yeah, right, right. Yeah. She saw the sword. And she was like, <laughs> "Okay, she this is the priest." But she, <laughs> but she, she decided to. Yeah. She decided to cover for him. She covered for him because he's just so hot because he flirted what with her so well. <laughs> well, she doesn't know. She never sees his face. Yeah. Just she his, knows his words do. are hot. Right, yeah. right. She's attracted to his words. Yeah. That so was good. an amazing yeah. moment when he was hiding yeah. his face, too. And he keeps <laughs> leaning forward when she's leaning forward. Yes. They, it was so they keep funny. Going, they keep going back. and like There was a lot rain. of little moments like that where the blocking played out like a like a joke almost. Yeah. Um, like when, oh, totally. Uh, 
Pasquale and Don Luis are are trying to make a plan, and and Pasquale keeps turning that little globe thing. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah Don Luis yeah. is like stopping was, it right, until they're right, on the right. same page, and then they both are twirling. Around. Right, right, right. That was a great moment, so right there. So funny. It's Just, weird when I notice stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> right. It was really well put together, and it, it it was engaging, but also like funny when they did things like that. Right. Yeah, right. there was a lot of care put into the blocking. Of yeah, this movie definitely. I wonder if the director was a theater director. I mean, it's always possible. I got that vibe. The Ruben Mamoulian? Yeah, I don't know much about him. Yeah, I've never heard of him before Before this. I know Basil Rathbone did a lot of stage. Yeah, acting. Basil Rathbone was super famous back in the day. Yeah, yeah. And he was like the Sherlock Holmes Yeah. for many, many years. Yeah. So I would say very impressive to... Uh, play somebody like Sherlock Holmes and then also play this total villain character. But I guess he was also more, he was mostly known for playing those kind of suave villains. Right. You know, I thought he looked familiar. I didn't know his name. I was thinking that he was like somebody like, uh, I forgot his name. The, the one of the bad guys in star Wars, the, the guy that <laughs> he was, he, he was the, uh, the commander of the death star. What's his name? Oh, you think oh, he's Peter yeah. Cushing? Yeah. Uh, Peter Cushing. Peter Cushing. Yeah. He kind of looks like Peter Cushing. Yeah. And, but yeah. I was like, but I didn't look up who the, the actors were and I didn't see Peter Cushing's name in the credit. But right. when you say, Oh, he plays Sherlock Holmes, like, ah, yeah, I've seen mm -hmm. a couple of Sherlock Holmes movies. He was yeah, kind of that. the iconic Sherlock Holmes for a while. Right. I think. Yeah. Yeah. He even was uh, playing the human Sherlock Holmes in The Great Mouse Detective. That oh, was nice. Yeah. <laughs> was, awesome. There was archive footage of Basil Rathbone talking for that. That's so funny. <laughs> so, yeah, he's just ingrained as Sherlock Holmes. But he also made a name playing villains. And, I mean, as we can see in the movie, he does a really good job with that, he's too. He's an excellent uh, Capitan Pasquale. Yeah. 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 And, and Zoe, you were talking about Batman earlier. This right, is, right. In the comics, this is the movie, like in many iterations of the comics, this is the movie Bruce and his parents are seeing before right. his parents are killed. This exact movie. Yeah. Right. And right. even in the comics, he, a lot of the iterations of the comics, he, in canon, in the story, uses Zorro as an inspiration for Batman. But yeah, like it's it's pretty much theorized or not even really theorized. It's more fact i guess that the creator of batman used zorro as major inspiration yeah i think he did um i think batman was probably created around the same time the, as uh or probably uh, as because zorro is uh what do you call it it was a pulp novel or yeah. something. so maybe he got yeah. ins inspiration from the pulp novel because it's, i feel like the movie and uh the character kind of came out around the same time yeah, around the yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, Zorro as a character first appeared in 1919, I guess, in the the pulp magazine oh. All Story Weekly, which and it was uh, published as like a five part serial, and it was titled "The Curse of Capistrano." Um, and that's what, what started the, book is the called, right? Yeah, that's what the book. Well, Zorro was called "The Curse of Capistrano." Like he's he is the curse of Capistrano because oh, he's the um, curse. from what I read anyway. <laughs> and uh, and the interesting thing about the the serial novel is that uh, both the characters Don Diego uh, de la Vega and Zorro are in it, but you don't know they're the same character. Like the people uh, reading didn't know they were the same character right, until right, the right. very end. And then it was revealed. Oh, and uh, that's pretty nice. Yeah, and and Douglas Fairbanks, uh, 
handpicked this for his production company, United Artists, to be adapted as The Mark of Zorro in 1920, which was the first film adaptation of Zorro. And now there's been like countless there's been tv series there's been oh, yeah. you know countless movies there's the antonio banderas films there's you know so many zorro films at this point it's hard to keep up so it's just crazy the like longevity the character has had um and the reach he has had i think is really exciting and cool i grew up on the antonio banderas Zorro. yeah it's funny i've never oh, yeah. this was the first uh zorro anything i've ever seen actually oh really <laughs> yeah oh, my God. i've never it. seen the antonio banderas movies you gotta go back. You gotta you gotta watch a couple of episodes of the of the old black and white TV show. Yeah, and you uh, maybe see maybe the oh the 1974 movie which is on YouTube. Nice. The funny thing about that that movie is that it was it's basically a remake of this movie that we're talking about nice. now. And yeah. when I say that it's a remake of this movie, even though they're both adaptations, but it's sort of a remake because they're all. There are a lot of shot for shot sequences. There are a lot of uh, oh. sequences that they like. They're very opening sequence when they're uh, practicing in the military and uh -huh. you know training with the horses. They don't use that entire scene in 1974, but they, there there are a couple of shots that look exactly like that where nice. they're training. <laughs> and then um, there's that that part where uh, Don Diego goes to the bar and he buys his comrades that one last drink because he has to go home to mm, San yeah. Diego. No, not San Diego, San Los Angeles. Yeah, they're, they're, Zorro's based in Los Angeles, California. So he has to go to California. But there are like a couple of differences, and they made some tweaks to the story. I don't, I don't know why. But one of the tweaks was I just found the mystery because I didn't watch. Didn't what happened was to. I was I was watching the, uh, after I watched the uh, what do you call it the night the nineteen forty. I started uh, going on YouTube for some reason. Uh, I guess because. At first, I was going to watch it on YouTube, but I was like, oh, this is horrible. The sound is horrible. Everything's horrible. So yeah, instead, I, the, it's available to buy or rent on YouTube, the actual version. So I bought mm. that. And then, you know, after you watch a movie, YouTube's like, well, we, maybe you want to watch this. And that was the 1974. I was like, and so I started, I, I watched like up until they introduced Ricardo Montalban. Uh -huh. And he's playing uh, the Captain Esteban or whatever his name is. So <laughs> it's like just out of curiosity of who was playing the captain. Cause it's like, I, his face is like the, what do you call it? It's the thumbnail, I think for the master. Oh, nice. mm. So it's like, well, let me look and see what Mar Ricardo Montalban is doing at this time. And it's like, he's just, he's just playing Ricardo Montalban. He's just <laughs> suave and smooth. He's just doing his, the whole thing. But do you guys know who played Zorro in this 1974 TV movie? No, who played Zorro? Who? <laughs> Franklin Gala. <laughs> Franklin Gella? Like Dracula Franklin Gella? That's incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That is so funny. Franklin and it's like Gala. when you see him, it's like, oh my God, it looks like, yeah, the guy that played Skeletor in He-Man and the Master of the Universe. <laughs> that guy <laughs> played Zorro and Dan, Don uh, Yeah, Diego I got to watch that. I love Franklin Gella. His early stuff is fantastic. And it's wow. crazy because it's like you can't imagine because i only see him as an old man but when yeah. you see him it's like oh my god he's young and dashing you I, I see him as zero now now that i see him as a young man that's awesome so uh there was a like i said it was a couple of differences I, um that that i observed so one of the things is that in 1974 version don diego doesn't what well, don diego knows why he's 
well, he he doesn't know, but he knows there's trouble. It's trouble at home. And the 1940 version, he doesn't know why he's being called home. Mm-hmm. It's like they're calling him home. It's like, I don't know why. I just got to go to California where there's no action. There's nothing going on. You just got to get fat and have babies. It, <laughs> it sucks to have to go back to California because there's nothing going on there. It's peaceful over there. Well, I don't, I'm, I'm a soldier. I want to fight. So, um, but in the 1974 version is more like where well, there's some trouble at home. I don't know what it is. I'm, I'm disappointed that I can't mm. stay here with my comrades, huh? right. but I, I'm going to mess up the people who are messing up my home. And then um, the other little difference is that when he gets there, he meets um, Ricardo Montalban for the first time, that character, he, that character, the captain kind of knows that Daigle was supposed to be training to be a soldier. And mm. that's when he's kind of like, goading him into like a fight it's almost like he's goading him into fighting and don diego that's when he puts on his axe like no i don't fight i don't even yeah i've trained with the sword but i'm not really i don't really fight with the sword it's not my thing you get hurt that way right (laughs) so he can't really he can't play like he doesn't know right right he doesn't he can't well he plays like he he's not good at it that's what it is oh sure and so he does he doesn't he doesn't take the bait that the captain is trying to set for him. So I, I noticed those differences and, and I might, you know, sit down and watch it later to find out what the other differences are. Yeah, yeah I definitely want to check out so many different Zorro. I'm going to like have a Zorro deep dive one of these days because right, right, right. this movie was just so much fun. I want to see more yeah. Zorro now. Yeah. And I noticed a lot of similarities with, I mean, I know a couple of different iterations of Robin Hood. Yeah, and of course, like Disney's Robin Hood, I noticed a lot of similarities with that specifically because that's the Robin Hood movie I know the most. Like that, yeah, Men I can Tates. only imagine, but... and I haven't done the <laughs> research really to back this up, but I can only imagine that the Legend of Robin Hood definitely influenced the original 1919. Oh yeah, uh, totally. story. Like, right, right. It's got to be an influence for sure. Right. The high taxes, the friar who works with him. Yeah, yeah. Them the only to thing draw is that Zorro out by hanging the friar. Right. There's so many similarities. Yeah. The, the only thing is that Zorro is not uh, robbing the rich to yeah. give to the poor. Well, actually, he is. That's exactly what he does. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he gives the yeah, money to the friar to give it back to the right to give residents. it back to the people. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Because the people the people are being overtaxed. They can't feed their families, uh, right. and so he's stealing from those people to give back he's stealing from the alcalde to give back to the people that basically the alcalde is overtaxing so yeah, yeah. i guess that's exactly like robin hood i retract my statement <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's 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 great i love it i love i mean i love stories like that it makes me think of like uh like v for vendetta almost um or yeah. uh you know obviously batman is a, a a good analogy as well um it's just so crazy it's a a really timeless story so it's i'm surprised i guess that i hadn't seen any zorro films as as iconic and timeless as it as it seems to be um yeah i want to talk yeah also um oh sorry go ahead now we're just saying i i mean to jump on you like that but uh, like like we're talking about wes catching up with zorro so uh you've seen this one uh the thing about the what do you call it the Antonio Banderas version is that this is actually a continuation. So you could take it as a continuation of like the original stories or some other subsequent stories. Nice. So 
when you watch it and you understand that it's a continuation of the original Zorro stories, then I think it makes it that much more enjoyable. Like Antonio Banderas is the son of Diego Vega. He's not the he's not the son. I'm gonna let you watch it. I'm not gonna spoil oh, okay. it for you. <laughs> it's it's like uh, the mask is like uh, the mask. It's, it's a symbol. Down. Okay, yeah. cool. I'm excited to yeah, check it Zorro's out. Zorro's a symbol. Yeah. Um. I so. Really quick, I just want to talk about the new Batman. My favorite part of the new Batman was that Bruce Wayne was sort of a weirdo in a normal <laughs> way. Yeah, because if you're because if you're running around all night beating people up, of course you're gonna be like a weird little like doesn't sleep shut in right, right, day. right. Yeah, and that was like something that I found really realistic compared to a lot of the older Batman movies, how he's right. so suave and yeah. cool in his normal day, but then stays up all night being Batman. Right, right. Um, but the the transformation in this movie, I feel like if you show that transformation, that makes it work so well. Because, yeah, you totally saw that with Tyrone Power's character. Right. Just the sort of, like, almost standing up straighter, sort of, like, putting his head back. Yeah, the the um, the handkerchief. Yeah, where he dabs his mouth. So funny. Yeah, sort of getting into like a yawning, sort of tired yeah. state. Yeah, yeah. Everything just... bores him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was so funny when Lolita dances with him, and she's yeah. Oh, I, I don't remember exactly what she said, but she was totally swooned over. Right, yeah, right. He was just yeah. like. Yeah, I love that he like upset her first off, and then he comes back as Zoro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had to smooth it over because the act was for her aunt and uncle. Yeah, right. It wasn't for her, but he had to still play up to her uncle. Then he had to go back, uh, and under the cover of night and hiding in the bushes in order to make amends to her. I think he went back as Zoro. Yeah, yeah. And I think he was so convincing she didn't believe he was Zoro. Right, 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 right. Right, right. (laughs) And so, right. And then it, it it all kind of worked out. I really like that scene. But yeah. to your point about the Batman, since since you brought it up, um, there are a lot of people that did not like how Bruce Wayne was not portrayed as he's traditionally portrayed in that movie. But I kind of like that. I think what happens is that people don't understand that in this movie, he doesn't know how to separate his separate identities. He's mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne all the time. He's Bruce Wayne by himself. He's Bruce Wayne with uh, Alfred. And he's Bruce Wayne when he's in the suit. Like he's always mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne. He doesn't separate. He doesn't develop a second like personality in order to fool people into thinking that he's not Batman. And if they make a sequel, maybe it, this is something that he'll learn to do. Like people will start yeah. to yeah. think that you know what you you really kind of act like Batman. It's like oh I got to change for people so that they don't really under they don't get that i'm batman right Right. i feel like that would be a cool thing to explore right yeah it's just like it was always something that never really was explored in a lot of batman movies that i've seen maybe a few but yeah that's one of the coolest parts about batman so i i agree i thought it was a pretty fresh take but yeah that would be a really cool sort of internal conflict in the next one i think the closest that they got probably if we're talking about the batman movies is uh, the Batman, I mean, not the Batman, but Batman and uh, Batman Begins. Yeah. Um, Nolan. Mm-hmm. So there's a scene where uh, he has to face Ra's al Ghul at the end. Mm-hmm. So Ra's al Ghul knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman. He's not, it's not it, like he taught Batman everything he knows. So Batman, well, Bruce Wayne has to pretend 
something. He has to make up something to get people yeah. out of his house so they don't get hurt. So now he's like a drunk socialite that that's mad at people for mooching off of his family and his fortune <laughs> and he throws everybody out. So now he has to be a drunk spoiled kid. And then somebody is so upset <laughs> with him. He's like, the apple has fallen far from the tree. Yeah. Like all yeah. mad at him. <laughs> <laughs> kicks him out of his house. And, he's and doing as soon it for as their, everybody their... is out, he's all serious. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Then yeah. Now he can uh, be himself. I, yeah, you're right. That was like one of the coolest parts of that movie. And Christian Bale. I mean, he killed it. Yeah, killed yeah, it. yeah, absolutely. As always. <laughs> always. Yeah. Um, so, what do you uh, what do you recommend for people who like the Mark of Zorro? Oh, that's a good question. Um, so I'm really into the superhero genre right now. So, <laughs> but when you're talking about something like the Mark of Zorro, you want to go, you want to get specific, right? You want to take yourself back to that time period. So, um, or, or, or near there, you, you want something that's like swashbuckly and stuff like that. Sure. But like I said, I hadn't watched a whole bunch of movies. Like I know there's like the Buster Craft serials that look like that might be fun to watch. Uh, there's uh, something like King Solomon's Mind. I think they made like an old early version of that, but something like Zorro, I feel like I, I would have to jump forward to like the 1970s and eighties. So I would jump forward to something like Flash Gordon. Now Flash Gordon is a completely different movie than Zorro. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 campy and uh but I feel like it draws a lot of inspiration from movies like Zorro. Uh and um uh, what you call it? But exact not everybody's cup of tea, not not exactly like great dialogue. Uh you you also want to look at some loner heroes. So something like Escape from New York. Uh, that's mm. uh Kurt Russell playing that, yeah. that loner hero that's uh although he has a different persona and attitude, uh, but he is <laughs> the hero type uh that, that people look up to it. And that that's a fairly decent movie. Um so any any really uh action hero or a lone hero type movie I think would be uh that that draws inspiration from Zorro. So like none of the movies that I'm going to recommend are are all that good. So, yeah. <laughs> so But that so makes another, them good. Yeah, uh, right? another movie that I like is um is Robin Hood Prince of Thieves. It's mm. one of my favorite Robin Hood adaptations. I know uh, their accents are not great, and I, <laughs> I understand that you know it's uh, it's it's very hokey. It's 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 very campy, but uh, I truly enjoy that movie. I'm supposed I think I'm supposed to be doing that movie sometime in January. Nice. So cool. That's that's a great movie also to watch if you enjoy something like Zorro. And obviously the Zorro movies that we talked about, like uh, The Mask of Zorro, um, with Antonio Banderas and and. I've never seen Zorro the Gay Blade, but I hear it's a fun time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that one's pretty good too. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. That was the movie uh, Martha and Thomas Wayne were watching in Joker. Yeah, in right? Joker. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. They had to throw. They had to throw the, you know, the the Waynes dying in Joker. Yeah. <laughs> oh, one more, one more movie. Uh, almost, almost any adaptations of the Three Musketeers, but. My oh, favorite yeah. one is the the Disney version with uh, what you call it. I mean, the the earlier versions are great too. So, I think probably any of the earlier uh, like nineteen thirties, forties versions of the Three Musketeers are great. But the one with uh, Charlie Sheen and uh, what's his name, 
uh, I can't remember the other ones, but the <laughs> one with Charlie Sheen, that uh, and the guy that played D'Artagnan, he's on CSI now. Like, see, my memory works that way. Um, <laughs> nice. That that movie is great. Hell yeah! So so check that one out. I don't think I've seen that. Uh, the Disney, Disney one. Disney one. I haven't the live seen action Disney. Oh one. yeah, you got it. Yeah. Oh, and, and if you're going to go there, you might as well see Leonardo DiCaprio and the Man in the Iron Mask. Yes. Uh, oh yeah. He's great. In that. <laughs> also, no English accent, but you really feel it when Leonardo's like, "Wear the mask. Wearing it. Die in it." You know. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, I, this movie had this movie had some pretty phenomenal acting. Yeah, for the time, so yeah, you don't yeah. always see that in older movies because once again they kind of didn't need to, or they were all coming from silent. So, you know, all the I, acting. I is think more the difference hammy. I think the difference is that, like in silent films, it, it's almost like they have to exaggerate a little bit mm-hmm. because oh, of totally. the filming process work, and then as uh, you know, the filming process got better. They could be a little bit more subtle. So I think that's, uh, but at the same time, a little bit campy. There was a lot of goofiness. They had the, what you call it? The, uh, what's, what's that thing going on? They, they had the, the goofy character. Um, the, the, what do you, I'm trying to think of the, the term. The, <laughs> the comic the, relief. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Gunch, you are a gem. <laughs> that's right. A comic relief. Um, <laughs> And that was I'm that was real common in these type of movies, and then the other thing that they had was the dance, uh, the the dance scene in the yeah, movie yeah. where they don't really put that in a lot of move in a lot of modern movies these days, but <laughs> it seemed like a staple in a lot of earlier movies. Well, yeah, it seems a like a Zorro staple that. too. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and that comes from somebody who's never seen any Zorro movie. But I was like. It, expecting a dance scene almost because I feel like I'd seen Antonio Banderas and Catherine Zeta-Jones dancing. Oh, yeah. As, as Zorro. yeah. <laughs> so, I'm, like, I'm like, I feel like I've seen that before. So I was like, so when they started dancing, I was like, oh, yeah, Zorro, that's like a Zorro thing, right? They dance at some point in the movie. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Well, a lot of movies had that like vaudevillian moment. Yeah. To bring people in. Yeah. Even like uh, the um, the House of Wax with Vincent Price. They had that whole can-can scene in the middle of the movie that had no point, but it was just a full-on can-can just to add that little established, like, cheesy showiness yeah. for the time to bring people in. So they they pandered to that, but honestly, I miss it now. <laughs> <laughs> I miss the choreography in movies. I wish yeah. they did it more. Well, you'll see it in musicals. Um, did yeah. either of you see Wonka yet? I haven't seen it yet. No, I haven't seen Wonka yet. No. So what I've learned is that Wonka is a musical. So given that it's a musical, they'll probably be dancing. Do Do either of you watch Star Trek? Any Star Trek? I don't. No, oh, okay. never, never so ever joined uh, that. You never that. became a Trekkie. Yeah, so the only reason train. <laughs> the only reason I'm bringing that up is because. Uh, there's a new series called Star Trek Strange New Worlds. It's on Paramount Plus. So nice. on Star Trek, they did a musical episode, and there's dancing in there. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's fun. It's... And you were talking about that on the pod, right? Yeah, Where, yeah. Uh, they, I talk like, about it, it almost every pro- chance I get. It was like a problem that they were musical and they needed to fix it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So they were singing sort of against their will. But that's just yeah. such a funny idea. Yeah, like that episode yeah, of Buffy. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, that everybody compares it to the episode of Buffy. Were they dancing <laughs> in Buffy? I didn't see that episode. I think they do dance a little bit in that episode yeah, of Buffy. Yeah. yeah. I never watched so, Buffy really. Well, I watched a little <laughs> bit of Buffy. But Buffy's great. I, I haven't watched enough TV. Yeah, <laughs> there's another movie that I watched. Not not exactly a musical. It's one of my favorite movies. And you're right, the, the dancing scenes are not as prevalent. But you might see them more often in comedy. So like something like Risky Business, you have like Tom Cruise mm-hmm. dancing by yeah. himself. But I'm specifically thinking about this old movie, this early movie with Jim Carrey. It's called Once Bitten. And Once mm. Bitten, there's this fabulous dance number that he uses his leg as a guitar in one point in the dance. It's so <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Man, I can see Jim Carrey being an amazing dancer. Absolutely. Especially back then when he's like, he just had, I feel like he had motion control over every moment of his body, like from the digits of his, to his fingers to his torso. He just had total control, oh, yeah. incredible spatial awareness. <laughs> he could have been <laughs> was, a gymnast if he wanted. <laughs> he sort of made his name, he made his name being like the comedian with the rubber face. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They call yeah. him rubber face. Absolutely. <laughs> But you're right. He has like such intense control of his body, which means like amazing slapstick. Yeah, in every yeah. Jim Carrey movie, <laughs> and amazing faces he could make. Right, right. Once bitten, I've never even heard of that. That sounds amazing, though. Every wow, once in a while, it. right? Every once in a while, it shows up on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if it's on Amazon now. Every, it, it's like. Every once in a while, it'll pop up. It's streaming for free somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's how it works now. It's almost like TV. You have to wait for it to be available and then right. schedule your but, time around that. Yep. Yeah, like there are some <laughs> movies that like that get caught up in rights issues and they disappear and you mm-hmm. never see them again. Yep. Uh, but then there are some that just uh, are in constant rotation. Like The Abyss mm-hmm. just became available, at least as physical media. I think you can buy it off of streaming too. And that was gone for a long time. Like, I think like last year it was on Amazon and I was going to, oh, I, I can't wait to watch The Abyss. And then it disappeared and then on it was Amazon. Gone. Yeah. And then you couldn't <laughs> find it. Anyway. You know how they, they jump around the dream, streaming services. Yeah. It was gone. You couldn't find oh, it anywhere. Yeah. I had and, that on tape. That was a great one. This is yeah, why I'm such that. a proponent of physical media <laughs> because right. I hate when things yeah. disappear and you can't find and them. The other one was, uh, yeah. was sometimes like it, that is, that's the thing about it. It was, you have to get it when it's available because when it mm-hmm. disappears, because that's how Disney used to manipulate people. They used mm-hmm. to bring out like Pinocchio and it's like for a limited time only, we got Pinocchio out, you better uh, buy it. Yeah. And then back it would the go, vault. it's in like, you're going to put it back in the vault. <laughs> yeah. That was such and, horse shit. Yeah. <laughs> and then they did the same, uh, well, not Disney, but, I had the same problem with uh, True Lies. So True Lies is Arnold Schwarzenegger and Kathy Lee Jones. Is it Kathy? Oh, yeah, yeah. Jones? Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. Thank yeah, you. That was Kathy a pretty Lee funny Jones. movie. Uh, yeah, Jamie Lee <laughs> Curtis. So that was very, I, I couldn't find it anywhere. I ended up going to, it's not a torrent site, but it functions like a torrent site where <laughs> you can uh, illegally watch movies. I, I did it. You, you'll never catch me, coppers. <laughs> if, if a movie isn't available, yeah. Then people can't say that pirating is morally morally unethical for that movie right. because it's right. not available. Yeah. Like, you may either this or not watch it at all. Like, yeah. Right. right. That's, I, that's my. I point. have a podcast to run. I have to watch this movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I got We're critics. We got work to right. do, people. God. <laughs> I'm being uh, rushed into a life of crime. I, I don't deserve that. Oh yeah. yeah, I've I've pirated way too many things. Yeah, we got to save it from the burn pile. It seems nowadays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, 
and physical media, uh, even physical media is hard to find. Yeah, yeah a, lot a lot of times, movies. a lot of things just are out of print, and yeah, you know, I mean, uh, I've bought Blu-rays off of eBay that you know were out of print for a really long time, and I was like, I don't think this is ever going to come back in print for like yeah. eighty bucks, and you know, I'm glad I did it because the one in particular that I'm thinking of still has yet to come back in print and I just don't think it ever will. So right. like if, if yeah. I didn't spend that money on it, which was too much noted, right. like I realized it was too much to buy, but well, I and if you're did, supporting, and I'm glad I did. Yeah. I mean, if you're yeah. supporting a scalping secondhand collector, who's <laughs> <laughs> no, it's I mean, just that's... pricey because it's out of print. Yeah. Pirating and I, is morally I, ethical for that too. Yeah. And I don't bemoan anybody who enjoys collecting physical media, but as someone who recently moved and you had to move your collections of everything, like toy collection, DVD collection, yeah. I had some VHS tapes. Oh, moving that stuff is a pain. And now yeah. there's like one tape that I want to find because I wanted to watch it because I had bought it and I kept saving it for a special occasion. And it, so I never got around to uh, watching it but then i i moved and now i don't know what that tape is uh, where were it digital i could i could be watching it now true. but unless playstation kicked it off your you know yeah unless you bought <laughs> right 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 unless you bought it off a of playstation that yeah that, that would suck but the other thing is that um i actually tried to digitize it they got the dongles where you can take uh something from oh, yeah. the vhs and turn it into a digital product but yeah. it didn't work. It was like no. horrible. So I was I was no. upset about that. That's well, you bad. lose a lot of you lose a lot of uh, quality with tapes specifically. Yeah. Yeah, but when you when I played it on television, it was great. It was oh. I mean, it wasn't perfect, but it was very good, sure. uh, especially considering how old it was. I think this tape was like thirty years old at least. But when I tried to uh, what you call it when when I tried to transfer it, the transfer didn't work. So well, yeah, was, the transferring. The transferring process is where it loses all its quality, even if it looks like a nice tape on TV, right? Some, it could have been not. Always. It could have been like I, I bought the cheapest version of the dongle, so that could have been it. <laughs> that could. That My uncle and I used time. to do that. We used to make repros of uh, movies you couldn't find anymore on DVD, right? And then we'd give them to family members of like rarer movies. <laughs> we were dorks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, and you are the heroes of your family, so it worked out. Right. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Thanks, Uncle Frank. And then we were the guys who were always watching movies at family gatherings in the corner. Yeah, <laughs> that was me too. Watching yeah. movies. <laughs> it's like, oh, there's it's a either... gathering happening. I thought I thought we were just here to watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's either that or football. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, there's people watching football in the garage, and then right. there's like people watching movies in the living room. Or right, right, versa. right. It's mm -hmm. it's always yeah. happening at the same time. But it's I was like... never in the football area. I was right, right, right. <laughs> but see, here's the thing: it's not just you watching the movie, so you're technically still gathered. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. 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 It's like, That's who says we have to talk, do boring small talk during the family gathering? We can right. do something better and not talk at all and just watch right, it. Right, right, right. <laughs> Shh, sh Auntie, I know I haven't seen you in months, but watch the movie. They're, they're about to sword fight. <laughs> Shh. <laughs> Stop asking me how my life is. We're watching a movie. We're watching <laughs> <Zora> here. <laughs> no, Auntie, I'm not married yet. <laughs> yep. yep. Um, but yeah, I think, I think Zorro... Like for me, 
like the movies that I want to recommend if you really enjoyed the Marco Zorro would be something like V for Vendetta. I think V clearly mm. takes his theatrics from Zorro. Yeah. Uh, I love he, Hugo he, Weaving as V. Yeah, so I mean, good. great performance as well. Um, and then we've already talked about the Batman movies, but I think Batman Begins in particular is is very analogous to the Marco Zorro. Um, yeah. And of course, if you're looking for something more swashbuckly, more light, um, I think Princess Bride takes a, a bit, a lot of influence oh from Zorro. Yeah. Like Dread Pirate Roberts is dressed <laughs> exactly like Zorro. So right. uh, that was just really fun to see. Um, I was just like, yeah, he looks just like you know Wesley Dread Pirate Roberts in 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 Princess Bride. So that was and cool talks to see. just like him. Yeah, was the same. <laughs> yeah, the same uh, like transatlantic accent. Yeah, yeah, ah, I love that movie. Yeah, I I think like. I mean, my biggest thing was, this feels like a really great family movie, yeah. Mark of Zorro, to me. And oh, so, yeah. And I noticed all these uh, similarities between Disney's Robin Hood, yeah. so much so that I had to watch it right after. <laughs> and, <laughs> nice. Uh, that's also a great movie. And, I mean, with the old animation, I really love old animation, but there's a lot of really cool sword fights drawn in that movie, too. Mm-hmm. So that would be my, like, big recommendation, but... I love all the ones that you guys mentioned. And I'm excited to watch uh, Once Bitten and um, some of the other ones that you mentioned, too. Definitely going to have to add that to my watch list. Yeah, some great wrecks. Some great, great wrecks. Right, right. So, did you guys find this movie comforting? Absolutely. This could definitely be... I don't know. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was saying absolutely. This could definitely become a comfort film, like in the future. Like I could, I could put this on in the background and and pop in during a scene and be like, oh yeah, this is great. I love this." Um, but also, I think it would be a great movie to just sit down and watch and like study because I think yeah. it, it clearly has influence and uh, it's full of a bunch of you know great stars of the time. Uh, it's it's a great, yeah. I would say so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that comforting is like too strong of a word for me. It was more exciting and funny. So when when it's something that offers thrills and chills and excitement and fun, it's it's like it's not it's not it doesn't put me in like the chill mode. It puts me in the, you know, <laughs> you're like ready for adventure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It puts well, me in like adventure mode. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of weird like that though, where like my sleeping movies were Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one. Yeah, <laughs> Air, Air Force One with Harrison Ford, right? And, right. Uh, wow, like the, just exciting movies and the Page Master. Nice, right? yeah. Those Page were like Master's my three like, sleeping movies, <laughs> and they're all very adventure, exciting driven. But for whatever reason, they just would lull, they they were able to lull me off. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I found this movie very very fun i guess comforting yeah comforting might be a strong word i mean like in the way that like um a bag of chips is comforting <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah absolutely. it just makes you feel good there's like a oh, bag yeah. of, of warm like a bag there's like a bowl of warm soup i don't know who's drinking soup out of a bag <laughs> <but>. <laughs> i know that there, there, there are there are oh, yeah. bags of soup there are yeah, plastic thing. bags of soup 
yeah. take it, you, you put it in a microwave, you kind of, yeah, yeah, you slurp it out through a straw. Drink it like a Capri Sun. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, there's a chain of gas stations where I live, and like bagged soup is one of the big things that huh. they sell, and everybody loves that. It's right. just like you said. They put well, then it is like a bag it. of warm soup. <laughs> a bag of warm soup. <laughs> yeah, it's like a bag of milk. Yeah. It's totally a thing. <laughs> yeah, in Canada, they, they do have their, their milk in bags. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And in Australia, I think. Bagged milk. I would maybe. be more afraid of Or maybe it was banana it. milk. <laughs> they had some weird milk things yeah. in Australia. I don't know. I don't remember. It was a long time ago. But anyways, um, so what are you guys' final thoughts on this? Final thoughts uh, and ratings? Yeah, what's How your final? Ratings? Um, however you want to do it, uh, we don't really do like out of five or anything. Just so if you want to, yeah. if you wanted to rate it out of five, you could, or you could just give a, a general like, "This is how I feel about it." I okay. never really rate things out of a hundred. It's usually out of five, but that's just because I'm going off of uh, letterboxed. Right. Right. Oh, okay. I see. I see. So, uh, well, I'll start. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go old school. I'm, I'm gonna rate it a thumbs up. <laughs> Hell yeah. Netflix style. Yes. Uh, I'm going I'm going all the way back to Roger and Ebert. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh fame film creators. My uh my final thoughts, I kinda went over it already, but it's like there it's exciting, it's enjoyable. One of the things I didn't say is that I absolutely I absolutely love the dialogue in the film and, and yes. how that dialogue is delivered. It's like I, I can get off on on very well written characters and well written uh, speeches and whatnot. I was just watching a, a piece of uh, there's a I think it's a 1930s version of um, a Christmas Carol. It's, I think it's called mm. it was called Scrooge and then they later on changed the name to a Christmas Carol. So mm. this is a, a very old black and white version of the story and the the dialogue they had in there and how quickly they spoke it was just fascinating to me <laughs> so they have a lot of i really I, I love that like rapid fire yes sort of right 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 the 30s like and that. the 40s were so yeah. good right right yeah. so i really enjoyed that so that and i i got that same feeling when i uh watching zorro they didn't speak as fast but it's it just felt like high speech to that that fancy high speech yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, I, good, that i really uh, enjoyed yeah good. i totally agree i love <laughs> yeah, I, I I just I I completely agree, especially with uh like comedies of the '30s and '40s, just how quickly they speak and how they talk like right on top of the last line before them, and right, right. it's just totally. it's so funny. It's always so well done. Yeah. So I, I agree. Uh, yeah, so that's I think that's it. That's the it's it's nice, warm, it's funny. It's got a great story. It's got good action. That just. Uh, very enjoyable movie. Like you said, Gunch, it's a family movie. Everybody right. could just kind of sit down and watch it. And it feels very modern. Uh, I feel totally. like there are a lot of movies that drew inspiration from the the, the Mark of Zorro. And um, just a, a really in, great time. Uh, an enjoyable time at the movies. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would have to agree. I'm going to give this a thumbs up. I think it's a blast. Um, one thing that I didn't mention before that I wanted to mention was uh, the Friar character at the very end when all hell breaks loose <laughs> and all the people have gathered to help fight against uh, Don Luis with with uh, Don Diego. 
and the friars just go going through the crowd, bashing people on the head and being like, God, forgive me. God, forgive me. God, forgive me. Oh my goodness. That was so great. Um, right, right. Just clang. Yeah. God, forgive me. Clang. God, forgive me. <laughs> yes. uh, I just adored this movie. It had so many wonderful, colorful, full bodied characters. Uh, and they all just played off each other really well. And, and it's a blast. It's a very timeless yeah. story that I think just about anybody can get into. Um, yeah. yeah, absolutely worth watching in the 1940s and 100% still worth watching today. Um, yeah, they didn't waste any time in this movie at all. Absolutely. Oh, no. Sometimes in older movies, they have moments where they're entertaining, but they don't really uh, mean anything to the story. Kind of like sometimes uh, with dance scenes, because, you know, with older <laughs> movies like Gold Diggers in 1930. Like the Broadway melody or... scene in Singing in the Rain. That's yeah. literally not, has no story purpose whatsoever. Right. Or like <laughs> most of the Bing Crosby movies, they have yeah. moments where it's just an excuse for Bing to just dance and sing. Yeah. But this, like, it, they didn't, yeah, there were no, there were no points that felt pointless. Even the dancing scene and the sword fight scene, the whole movie led up to those moments. Because those yeah. are like the major interactions between those characters, so I, it just it was fantastic storytelling. Yeah. And my brother, who's fifteen, really liked this movie. And uh, going off of like a young person liking a '40s movie, sometimes like younger people don't uh, like the older classics like that. Right. And as like somebody who studied film for so long, I mean, I'm sure you guys understand. Sometimes you get into movies that the average sort of moviegoer who isn't obsessed with film and notices all the little tropes and inspirations kind of lose interest in certain movies or certain movies are not accessible but this movie feels very accessible and like i said i mean my brother really likes it and he's uh he's a younger fella shout out to big joe um so thank you uh thank you so much for recommending this and so yes. you said this was your first time watching it all the way through yeah, yeah, it was my first time. That's so cool. All three of us then. Banger. This is our first time. <laughs> right. Never seen That's it before. Awesome. Huge yeah. banger. I probably, I probably would have let it slide if I didn't, uh, if I didn't do this podcast episode. So thank you, thank you. Seriously, yeah. great film. Great film. Yeah, I couldn't recommend it enough. Um, so with that said, any final thoughts, gentlemen? No, nope, thank nope, you. Just uh, thank you so much. Oh, sorry. Go thanks. Ahead. No, I was like, no. Uh, just uh, it was. I, I'm glad to be on the the podcast with you. Absolutely. It kind of forced me to look into something that's earlier that I don't normally watch. Yeah. Um Because, like I said, I, I've seen bits and pieces of a lot of movies of this era, but not watch most of them all the way through. So, it I like the challenge of finding something that's entertaining from this era so yeah thank you of course that's something fun we do on the pod uh is we do like a wheel with different film themes and then we try to find films that fit that theme and we tried to put on uh a lot of a lot of classic themes you know there were all the different decades um different genres and things like that but we tried to get into some of the more interesting specific genres that we mm -hmm. wouldn't normally otherwise look at so the, we could kind of force us to expand our our tastes a little bit and expand our sort of cinematic horizons a little bit. So cause right, sometimes right. you you find something that you like, and then you just kind of get locked in on that. So yeah, so the '40s. This was the '40s. 
Yeah, the forties are great. <laughs> uh, and I think uh, after this, we may do an episode on a matter of life and death. Uh, I think we will when yeah, we come back in January. Um, but we are going to be going on a brief hiatus uh, just for the holiday season here. Let everybody recoup a little bit. Um, it'll be it'll be much needed, and yes. I'll be able to start producing uh, a radio play that I'm working on uh, the pilot for it. So that'll be exciting. It's also about vigilantes, just like Zorro. So uh, <laughs> look forward to that, everybody. Just like Zorro. It's just like Zorro. <laughs> creator of Zorro says it's just like Zorro. No, but, uh, <laughs> but this has been Film Somniacs. Uh, Zoe, thank you so much. Seriously. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank, you for absolutely. Absolutely. thank you. Please go follow uh, the Backlook Cinema, uh, Backlook Cinema, the podcast. And Backlook Cinema, that's your handle on everything? Yes. Twitter, at Facebook, Backlook YouTube. Um, anything cool Backlook and exciting? And anything cool and uh, exciting that you're... Uh, wanting to boost or working on that uh, you could give everybody a little taste of? Well, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm working on a newsletter. I got a, uh, what do you call it? Uh, not an expose. I wouldn't call it an expose. A, a, not a feature presentation. Just uh, just call it a write-up for now. I got a write-up on, on certain guests that are coming up with a podcast. Nice. Cool. So uh, that that's what I'm working on in a newsletter. And uh, I'm working on some some movies i've got some exciting guests coming up uh cool. later on so that's that is what do you call it uh it's coming together nicely so just stay tuned uh look find a newsletter sign up for the newsletter and i try to put as much information in the newsletter as i can because not everything is set in stone just yet but yeah great things are coming up on the show that's, that's awesome. awesome yeah definitely go look up backlook cinema at backlook cinema TikTok. Yeah, everywhere uh you know the podcast on spotify uh he's doing a lot of great work Zoe is doing a lot of great work and we we very much have appreciated having you on today yeah and i'm definitely gonna go sign up for that newsletter right now thank you appreciate that <laughs> of course of course uh, I'm uh, I'm Gunch, of course, Film Gunch on TikTok. With me, as always, is my uh, fantastic darling host, Wes. Yep, my name's Wes. Wes talks film or Wes talk film on TikTok, um, and Wespresso underscore films. Um, and you can probably find me just about anywhere if you search Wespresso. So uh, that's how you find me. <laughs> This is Film Somniacs, and we will be returning to you very shortly in January. I hope you all have a splendid holiday season. Yes. Thank you, and good night. Sleep tight. Bye-bye. <laughs>